Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of We Got Next. I'm Ricky Hanson, along with Big Mo, former Big Milwaukee Bucks Center, Paul Mokeski, coming to you on a um, Monday evening. What's up, Mo? What's going on, man? NBA playoffs, full speed. Man, it is the best time of year, man. We we got the playoffs here, and uh, everybody that's in the playoffs got a chance. We saw one beat of eight last night, and we're going to go through all the games when Miami upset uh, uh, Milwaukee. We, we're going to get through all the games, but uh, before we, we, we get to the games, man, you, you played us some great – you had some great playoff battles during your uh, career, especially some of those battles with the Sixers and, and, and Celtics that are – NBA classics, even till today. And, and when, when you step into the postseason, what, what changes? Well, you know, the um, the regular season in the, in the NBA is 82 games. It's a marathon. Um, you know, eight months of playing a lot and then traveling and injuries and ups and downs. So it's a, it's a marathon. And, you know, the better teams get through it, you know, uh, uh, the best ways they can. Um, the NBA playoffs is a, uh, I don't see it as a sprint because if you go to the NBA finals, you play another two months. You could actually play 28 more games, but I see it as a, a mid-level race, right? But uh, you get in the, in the regular season, you play, you play, uh, you know, say you're in Milwaukee, you play Miami on Thursday, then you go play the Knicks on Saturday, and then you play the Detroit on Sunday. So games come really fast at a fast rate, a fast clip. Now you have scout reports and breakdowns and video sessions and all that, but but you're in a short, you know, in a short clips. When you get ready for a seven-game series, as soon as you know who you're going to play in the first round, that's what I did for a couple for a few years in Dallas. You know, I, I go and watch the team we're going to play. I watch uh, hours and hours and hours of video. I know all their plays, all their diagrams, all their uh, play calls. Um, I can be behind the bench yelling if if uh, if we're playing with uh, Suns and, and they say 15 side, I'll tell you it's a side pick and roll with the five and the one. I know exactly what's coming. Um, and, uh, you know, all tendencies, uh, I'll have – written up all the last second plays throughout the year. If they needed one point, two points, three paint points, what did they tend to run? Because coaches are creatures of habit and they're gonna run the same things that were successful for them. So preparation, I know, we know exactly how many times indeed uh, shoots uh, a, a post move to his left shoulder, to his right shoulder. When he dribbles left, how many times does he pull up and shoot? How many times does he go all the way? Uh, what percentage of that we know where to push them how to push them where to trap them all that information is uh in the coach's hands and then we disseminate it and give it to the players in uh, in chunks so 
you know, you're going to know who you're going to who you're going to guard, what he loves to do, what plays are coming. You'll also key on, you know, if you're a point guard, you can key on on two or three calls from another team where they'll tell you if a pick and roll is coming because you know the call. So uh, all that is very detailed. And decisions are made, and then in a seven game series, you know, like all these teams that played the first game, win or lose, you're going to go through that game as a coaching staff. And say, okay, this was our game plan going in. This worked. Maybe we double teamed and beat all the time. This didn't work. Maybe we closed out too hard on Harden, and we're going to adjust some things, or we're going to keep some things the same. So there's constant adjustments in a seven-game series. And you know, the other thing you have to do as a coaching staff, you have to keep the, the players on keel because in a seven-game series, you're going to win a big game, and then you're going to lose a big game, and then you're going to win a big game, and then you're going to lose a big game. You got to keep the players more on this kind of level, or you know, th this is uh, a winner. This is a must-win. Well, guess what? Every team's a, every game is a must-win. So if you start treating must-wins, uh, you know, there's there could be three must-wins in a series. So put too much pressure on the players. You want them to play uh, like they can play, and um, you know, you just it's it's a different it's a different feel, and of course. Uh, as I know and as players know and coaches know, as you go along in the NBA playoffs, the mounting coverage, the mounting uh, stories that are out there just grow and grow. I remember with the Dallas Mavericks, we got through the second round and the third round. And, you know, you'll go to shoot around before the game, before a game. There'll be, you know, 50, 60 during the playoffs, 70 reporters there. When you get to the NBA Finals, like I did with, against the Miami Heat, there's three or four hundred reporters there from all over the world, and everybody wants an interview with a player or a coach, and you got to really monitor that also, and you have to monitor what you say. So after games you win, you give all the credit to the other team. You know, maybe we got lucky. You know, we played okay, and if you lose, you just say, "Well, we need to play better." You don't give any hints of. You know what you're doing or how you feel. And, you know it's it's a, it's so interesting to me to see uh, how coaches react and players react. And you'll see that's why you give credit to the coaches that have been there before: Doc Rivers, Steve Kerr, Budholzer. They've all been there before, so they know the game. And the guys, Darvin Ham, um, uh, the coach in Boston. They've never they've never been a head coach in an NBA Finals or semifinals before. Different different feel. Yeah, hey, and Paul, with with the advent of with technology just getting more and more sophisticated, it is is that playing a role in in the preparation too? Where guys may you may put in, you know what? Look up everything they do in the last two minutes of the season of a game, and and throw it in the computer to come up with, with tendencies. Is that already uh, occurring? Well, I think the coaches and players come up with tendencies, but, um, you know, every NBA team has three, four, five video video coaches, uh, one main guy. And, you know, if, if when I'm with the Dallas Mavericks, you know, say we're playing uh, the Spurs in the, in the, in the, in the playoffs, you know, I give my computer to the, when I'm in the locker room, I give my computer to the video people 
they plug it in and download all the video while the game is going on. And then about 30 minutes afterwards, they hand me back my computer and every play is broken down into exactly what it was. You know, a half court, full court, uh, against the zone, uh, against man, against, everything is break, broken down. So I can push a couple buttons and get every high pick and roll that the Spurs ran that game and see it. Did we play it like we were supposed to? We were supposed to trap it. Did we trap it? How many times did we trap it and it worked and did we not trap it and it didn't work? And then I can put together a whole clips for myself and give it, get it to the head coach and eventually to the players uh, in a meeting and say, listen, we were supposed to trap the high pick and roll. And when we did it, we did it 12 times in the game and every time we stopped them. And then we got lackadaisical, we didn't focus and we missed five pick and rolls that were supposed to trap and they scored every time. So that's what you got to work on. Yeah. Or we can say, listen, we trapped it 15 times and even when we did, they scored 12 of them. So we're not trapping it anymore. Right. We're going to go under or whatever. So, but the video part is it's a, it's a visual thing for the coaches. Like if we're on the road, I get that computer, I'm on the plane breaking that down and then I'm showing it to the head coach or I might have something that Dirk Nowitzki should have been guarding Tim Duncan a different way. And I got about 10 clips, about three minutes worth. I'm going to go see if he's awake and he's not sleeping. I'm going to go sit next to Dirk and say, hey, Dirk, let's watch this when you're guarding Tim Duncan and see what he does here and see what you did here. And, you know, for tomorrow, for the, in, in the next game, you might want to do this. All that is available. And uh, that right. so, so, so the scouting has become far more sophisticated than when you played. Well, scouting and coaching. I mean, coaching, you know, if, if I can go sit next to Dirk, just me and Dirk, and we don't have to go through the whole game. I can go through every possession that Dirk guarded Tim Duncan. Maybe there's 20 of them in a the game. I can write down before I see yeah. what we did. Was it successful or not? Did you foul him? And then I can go through them one-on-one. -on -one. He can watch them. And then I can give them the numbers. Hey, when you push him left, he struggles to score. When you let him go right, he scores easily. So we need to push him left more. That registers in his brain, just one-on-one -on, -one on the airplane. And then tomorrow we can talk about it in practice. It's, you know, it's a, it's a great tool. Now there's ways to approach players. Like I'll tell you this. So I got the same scenario, right? I want to show them these clips against, uh, against Tim Duncan. And I get up from my seat and I look down where the players are and Dirk has a, a towel over it, has a blanket over his head and he's sleeping. I'm not going to go over and tap him on the shoulder. Hey, Dirk, let me show you this. This is great stuff. Look at this stuff. No. And some, I believe me, some young coaches do that. And players hate it and it's the wrong thing to do. I'm going to find the right time to show Dirk those clips. It might be tonight. It might be tomorrow at the hotel after breakfast. You know, it might be after shoot around. Hey, Dirk, you got five minutes? Let me show you this. But there's different ways to do it. And, and some young coaches do it the wrong way. And it has a negative connotation. Yeah, that 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 is such a great I – mean, I mean, that is an absolute great point. And that gives us great insight to what happens behind the scenes, especially in these playoff series where, where there are always a, uh, adjustments. Uh, <laughs> And here's the other thing I like, Ricky, on that. Like, so I got 50 clips for Dirk. I'm not going to show him 50 clips. I'm going to show him 12 or 13, you know, that, that make my point. That's the other thing you can do. Like, 
overzealous coaches. I got all these clips. Look at all these. No, I'm going to get it, make it simple, distinct, quick, so he has attention, and then I'm going to leave him alone. Yeah, and welcome everybody uh, uh, to the show. You're watching. Uh, we got next. I'm Ricky Hampton along with uh, Paul Mokeski. Steve Schroeder, Steve, what's up, man? We appreciate you being on time. <laughs> no fine for Steve tonight. He said, "Let's go Bucks and the Big Mo and Big Mo." We're gonna we're gonna get to that series <clears throat> that obviously took an interesting turn uh, yesterday with. Uh, uh, Giannis going down, and as, as Paul is one of the things you always say, tell me who's uh, healthy, and I'll tell you who's going to win. Availability, a a absolutely. And of course, as always, you can check out this and other shows on Believe.com. That's Believe.com, B-L-E-A-D.com, or any of the... Uh, your favorite podcast, uh, wherever you get your favorite podcast, just look for We Got Next, and uh, you should be able to uh, uh, find us there. But, but, but Mo, I want to get into some of these games that are uh, that are going on right now. We got Game Two of the Philly uh, 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 New Jersey series, and uh, got a close game in in Philly. Uh, the Sixers were up 64-61. Last time I checked, after trailing at halftime, they won easily the other night. But you talk about adjustments, and you noticed something in the first half of this game, uh, Mo. Yeah, I think I, I watched the, the game one, and they were double-teaming uh, Joel Embiid almost every time and making him pass. And in the first game, uh, players like James Harden and some other guys stepped up and just knocked down threes and scored. Uh, but uh, the Nets decided to stay with that philosophy in the first half. It worked because James Harden only had two points and other players were str struggling to score. Now it's working itself out now that Philly's up 64-61, like you said, so we'll see. Uh, but as a coaching staff, I bet they stay with that philosophy and see if they can. Uh, actually, I just saw it. Yeah, they do. They're, they're double teaming to make them kick the ball out. So we'll see how that works. And, uh, you know, interesting things happen in a series. Here's the other thing. In a seven-game series, people out there, you need to realize that uh, if you lose game one by 30 or by three, you still lost game one. So you're down 1-0. So mentally for the team that lost, it doesn't have that much of an effect that fans think, oh, shoot, they blow us out by 30. Well, what that does is give us some specific things we can work on to make it a game. And also, it's just a loss, people. Players, it's just a loss. We want, we lost. We lost by fifth. It doesn't matter. It's just, I mean, you can just think of, I remember the Lakers losing to Boston in Boston by 50 and then winning the series the next game. So, you know, uh, blowouts in, in, in the playoffs aren't as, aren't as impactful as people think they are. Yeah. And and when you are and, and another thing we, we we talked about before we came on the air, when you are an underdog and you're playing against a team that has a dominant player such as uh, uh, MB, you, you have to try you have to give up some stuff to try to take away their their focal point. Hey, I'm gonna have to let some guys take shots. And if they're making, we're not going to win. And of course, if 
if it be just goes off, we're not going to win. What I'm trying to say, like in this series, the margin for error for uh, the Nets is small for Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, they, they have to have a, a solid um, uh, game plan. They have to execute it, and they have to get lucky, quite frankly, because talent is on the Sixers' side. It's, it's not that it's not brain surgery. Now the Nets have some role players that have stepped up and done a great job. Um, I mean, uh, Cam Johnson had 22 points at halftime for the Nets. He averages 16. So, you know, he, he's had a great half. But um, and in the, in the NBA, uh, teams have to, even the even the average teams have too many great players. So, you know, you're going to double team Joel Embiid, and you got James Harden, you got Maxi, uh, you got PJ Tucker to get a corner three. You got all these guys that can step up. The key for a seven-game series is to make the guys you want to shoot the ball shoot it at the right time, right? So if you're if you're in an important possession, you don't want to be to shoot it. You want don't want Harden to shoot it. Maybe you want PJ Tucker, or someone else to shoot it to beat you. You know that was a key, like playing the you know playing the the Bulls. I mean, you know you don't want Michael Jordan to beat you, and that's easier said than done. But they still had. Scotty Pippen and all these other guys that could do it. So it's really difficult to take, you know, uh, one player, even if it's a great player. Look at Denver with the Joker. I watched that game the other night. They tried to take the ball out of Joker's hands, and you know, Jamal Murray guys stepped up. So you know, it's uh, you know, you take your chances and you bite your tongue as a coach and close your eyes and hope it works. Sometimes. <laughs> and, and and I, I want to get uh, Steve has a question. Uh, about how many hours you put in as and put in a day as a coach. But before you answer that, Paul, to your point, I was at a Pistons game early in the year, and we were there early, and we were watching Ricky Rubio, who was coming off an injury. He was out there getting shots up earlier, early, and he probably hit 33 pointers in a row. I was telling my daughter, this guy can't, he's not a shooter. But standing out there by himself, he did 30 straight threes. Well, it's like he's not an NBA-level shooter, but uh, that's another level. I mean, you were at practice here with the G League team, and they were shooting lights. I mean, NBA people don't understand how good these players are, man. These guys are good, man. Ricky Rubio is a below-average NBA three-point shooter, which makes him uh, an a exceptionally solid, spectacular regular basketball shooter. <laughs> you know, so you know, and, uh, you know, and that's just the fact. I mean, you know, they're that good. I mean, they're that good, and uh, making shots with nobody on you is 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 so much easier than when defense is flying at you, closing out, or, or being physical. So you know, that's a different game. I mean, um, you know, it, it just changes. You know, I've had players that can't miss in practice, and then they can't make a game or a shot in a game. You know, with people on them. So you know, there's just different different levels of, of shooting and. Uh, you know, but like great example, Ricky Rubio. If we were scouting whatever team he was playing on, he would be a closeout short and slow guy. That means you close out not all the way on him, and that means you close out slowly to him because he's a driver. Now, if you're talking about Curry, you close out fast and hard and all the way out to get him off the three-point line at 35 feet. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's two different scouting reports, right? Yeah. 
And, and Steve's question, uh, how many hours would you put in a day as a uh, as a coach? And let's kind of preface that regular season, playoff season. Well, regular season, playoff season, pretty similar, really. Um, but it's game day, non-game day. So, and on the road, not on the road. So, you know, like on a non-game day, you know, as an assistant coach, I, you, you know, practice is at 10. I'm in the office. At, I'm in, in my office at 8. I'm probably breaking down some film. Then at 9, I'm probably working out some guys before practice. And practice is from 10 to 12. And then after practice, I'm probably working out some other guys till about 1 or one thirty or 2. And then I'm going through you know, some more um, uh, clips or down report or whatever till about 4. So you're at, in there from 8 to 4, probably. On a game day, you know, same scenario. Uh, I'm, I'm probably in at 8 a.m., shoot around at 10, um, 10 to 11, work out some guys 11 to 12, have video session from 12 to 1. Um, those guys probably go home. I stay and get a workout in maybe, and then go over some more of my scouting report, and then guys start coming to the game about 4.30, and then we got a, a group of the young guys that work out on the court, 4.30 to 5, and then the first group at 5 to 5.30, and then the second group from 5.30 to 6. Then we have the clap team meeting. Then they go out for the game from 7 to 9, 9.30. Then I come back into the office, and I break down the film for another hour or so, and then maybe meet with the head coach and get out of there about 11.30 or midnight. So there you go. I'm 8 to midnight, or I'm 8 to 4 or 5. That's a, that's a glamorous life in the NBA. Uh, yep, exactly. But loved every minute of it. Got to do a game I loved, help players get better, um, you know. And then, you know, say, you know, after that game, uh, you know, during a series, we're probably practicing at 10 in the morning uh, and then getting on the plane at about 1 or 2, flying to whatever city, getting to the hotel, having another video session, and then uh, get ready for the game the next day. Wow! Uh, today's game would be huge for Brian Winters. <laughs> yeah, the way the way Brian can shoot it. Yeah, Brian. Brian in today's game, Brian Winters. For those of you who don't know, Brian Winters uh, is about a six-six shooting guard from South Carolina, I believe. Yeah, that could shoot the lights out. I saw him get fifty against Denver Nuggets. Um, here's a story about Brian Winters that you might like, Steve. Everybody might like. So we're playing, uh, I can't remember, somewhere yeah. Seattle maybe, and Brian Winters goes 0 for 22. What? 0 for 22. And then uh, the next day we fly to L.A. and we play the Lakers, and he goes 20 for 24. Wow. And uh, I was sitting next to him in the locker room, and a reporter from L.A. Times came up and said, Brian, you were 0 for 22 last night, and you come into L.A., you know, and you get ready for the game. What were you thinking? He said, I was thinking I was going to make the next 22. That's how I thought. Right, right, and, right. and Brian Winters would, Steve, if you're looking at Brian Winters in today's game, he would shoot between 15 and 23s a game, I bet, right now, and probably make 10 of them at least. So, yeah, he would be perfect would, for today. He would make a lot of money in today's game. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. As a uh, as a sniper, I, I remember a similar story uh, covering the Pistons with uh, Riff Hamilton as our great friend Ralph Rebel checks in and, 
What's up, Ralph? What's up, Ralph? And Rip had had a great night, but he had come off a night where he did not shoot the ball well. And the reporter was saying, Rick, Rip, how did it feel to break out of that slump? And Rip Hamilton was saying, slump? What slump? I wasn't in a slump. He quoted some numbers. He said, I wasn't in a slump. I mean, that mentality of shooting the basketball, you don't even let that creep into your mind. No, that level shooter, if you're that level shooter, here's the rule. You shoot to get hot and you shoot when you're hot. <laughs> you shoot to get hot and you shoot to when you're hot. But <laughs> so guess what? You shoot. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> hey man, that's a good life right there, brother. You got to be, but you, you can't be no Ricky Rubio and do that though. <laughs> uh, you're open for a reason. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Ralph Riddle says, Big Mo, I'm back and I'm sending those uh, magic posters soon. Oh, good. good All right, Ralph, we appreciate that, uh, uh, brother. And uh, of course, you're watching. We got next with uh, Paul Mokeski. I'm Ricky Hampton. Uh, Mo, let's get to some of these games, too, man. Uh, we, we'll go back and kind of recap last night right quick. Uh, the, the Hawks, Celtics, I, I just see this. This is a mismatch, uh, Mo. I, I don't know what Atlanta can do to make this a series. No, that's uh, it's, it's going to be a gentleman's sweep, five games. Hawks may get one game in Atlanta, maybe. Um, that Boston's too deep, too good. Uh, Atlanta had their run a couple years ago when they surprised people, and then they just haven't been the same since. Uh, they changed. And you know what? Uh, they let go a good coach, and they hired a good coach, and nothing has changed, gentlemen. You're the same team because it's the players. Yeah, it is indeed the players. And I think this is going to be a good series, uh, interesting series. Uh, four seed Cavaliers and the Knicks. The Knicks uh, went to Cleveland and got a 101-97 uh, victory uh, last night, uh, a couple of nights ago. No, it was last night, I believe. Yeah, I think last night, yeah. Uh, your thoughts on, on that series, Paul? Well, I think, it, you know, like I, like I said before, I think it's going to be a good series. It's kind of like the, uh, not directly, but kind of like the old versus the new, right? You know, the Knicks got Randall and they got Brunson, who probably one of the biggest mistakes in letting Steve Nash go as a free agent that the Mavericks did was let Brunson go. Uh, you know, they have an old school coach. Uh, you know, playing in an old school building in the garden. And then you have the Cavs, you know, years past the LeBron glory years. And, you know, they, they have a great young team. Uh, they got one of the best backcourts in Garland. Um, and uh, Mitchell. Mitchell in the backcourt. Uh, uh, and uh, they got some, they're really long. Uh, Mobley and those guys are really long. They play good defense. Uh, both teams are not very deep now. Their benches are really short, uh, you know. And uh, but I see this as a, a knockdown, dragout, six or seven game one. And you know, I think you can still pick the winner. It's going to be exciting to see the Knicks back in the playoff line in the Garden. What a great thing to see! Yeah, yeah. And a game we got coming up uh, uh, later tonight. 
uh, in a few minutes, just as we get off the air, uh, game two of the Sacramento Kings and Golden State Warriors. And uh, and that was, uh, I call that the coming out party for De'Aaron Fox the other night, uh, Mo. He was terrific. And he's been in the league, I think, five or six years. Some people are just like, where did this kid come from? He's not a kid. He's, he's been there. But uh, the one thing... The one thing Sacramento can really do is score the basketball. And they don't mind getting in the shootout with Golden State because we know Golden State can score. And they got the victory over them. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, people need to understand, like, like players like DeAndre Fox and guys like that, they've been around a while. But this is what we talk about all the time. They're in the draft at 19, 20 years old. They're not ready yet. Most players just aren't ready yet. Now he's coming to his own in the right situation. And then the kid, uh, uh, Monk, that had 32 last night or two nights ago, you know, yeah. he, he's playing well. And, uh, you know, Sabonis, in my opinion, is a is an underappreciated big in the league, uh, you know, who, who only – he had 12 points, but he had 16 rebounds. He's a tough left-handed player, kind of like t- uh, Dave Cowan's kind of like, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the the thing I'm, I'm you know, like I tell I'm in Vegas, so I always put the over with these two teams. But you know, here here's a stat: <laughs> Golden State lost by three, but they had 31 assists and 15 turnovers. 31 assists. I mean, most teams in the NBA game will have 21, 22. They have 31, uh, where Sacramento only had 18. Um, but you know, I, if I'm Sacramento man and I'm on that coaching staff. No, okay, we 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 outran them. You better watch out, man. Warriors want to get up and down the floor, and uh, Clay Thompson's back at 21. Curry had 30, and this guy named Wiggins is back. He had 17, and he doesn't even have his legs under him, and that's a big key for them. And uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Draymond Green is. I think he's lost a lot, uh, but he's still there. He he had uh, four points, but he. Uh, had nine rebounds and eleven assists. So, you know, I, you know, if I'm if I'm a betting man, and I do sometimes, I'm taking the Warriors tonight. But it's going to be a good series. This this looks this could go seven games. You think? Uh, I'm telling you, like we talk about must win and all this stuff. If I if this to me is a must win for Sacramento, because if they lose this game. Then they're going to go one one. I believe the Warriors blow them out both games in, in, in Gold State because we both know their records at home and away, right? So if the Warriors win this one and go do their job at home, they're up three one, and Sacramento can't come back from that. So in my opinion, this is a must win for Sacramento tonight. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's going to be a good series. If if Sacramento wins tonight, it's going to go six or seven. If Sacramento loses tonight, it might just go five, six at the most. Wow, and 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 this, and you you kind of throw out what the Warriors did during the regular season because of their experience. Well, I think Wiggins Wiggins being back is huge, and also guess what? They're only going ninety miles down the road for their road trip. <laughs> yeah, I mean hell. They might, they might not even stay in sack. Just go home and go in for the game and go home again. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. But it, it, it was definitely a great atmosphere. In, oh, in, uh, I mean, I, when I was with Dallas, Sacramento had, you know, they had great teams of Vladi Divac and Chris Weber and uh, Doug Christie. And, and going into that arena to play, even, even though this is a bigger arena, but the fans are the same. They're really loud. They're really behind their team. And it's a tough win to win in Sacramento, at, no matter when you go in there. So... And it's exciting to see them win again and light the beam, right, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever that is, light the, light the beam. Uh, Ralph is checking in, uh, 7168 Philly uh, in, in that game. Philly's That's, winning this game. Philly's winning this game, one. Yeah, and, and Philly's going to win or lose tonight. I don't see I don't see. Brooklyn winning this series. No, because, you know, Philly can go to Brooklyn and win. You know, Brooklyn, give them credit. They're, they're, they got yeah. scratching the claw and they're playing great. They're, they are the team that Brooklyn was before they did the, the amazing trades and signings and the amazing three, you know, Kyrie and Harden and KD and we're going to win 10 in a row and uh, you know, before that, they were a down and dirty, gritty team that won playing hard-nosed basketball. That's what everybody liked about them. Then they went and blew that up and got all these, the, the dream team, and that didn't work. So now they're in full circle back where they were probably about five years ago. And quite hey, frankly, hey, I like this team better. Hey, Paul, you, you know Mark Cuban. You, you work for, for Mark Cuban. Do you think when he pushed the button – for Kyrie, that he he was just going for the splash over a guy like Brunson, who just I mean he just comes and plays and and and, and puts in a, a a a hard day's work on the basketball court. Nothing flat, just a very productive play. They clearly they underestimated what Brunson meant to that team. Like I said, the two biggest mistakes that the, uh, the Mavericks have made over the last 15 or 20 years, whatever, is when I was there, they let Steve Nash go as a free agent, and Phoenix Suns signed him. And I was there, and I know what was behind that. Steve Nash was, and rightfully so, uh, was going to make 20 or 25, whatever that million was a year. Uh, but at the time, we signed him to a four-year deal, uh, but in the long run, because it would put the Mavericks over the uh, salary cap and they would have to pay luxury tax, that that would cost Mark Cuban over the four-year period another 60 or $70 million. And now combine that with, uh, during the last year or two, or two there in Dallas, Steve had a bad back. He would, it was painful to watch him after games. He would have his own guy come in and stretch him after games, and you would hear him yelling and crying in the training room because they just stretched that back out. And they made a decision with the doctors that they thought Steve's back was going to give out on them. And that was the end. And they didn't want to, Mark didn't want to put in a, the, the regular hundred million and then another 70, whatever that was. And what happened was Steve went to Philly, uh, went to Phoenix and was MVP of the league for two years straight. That's what happened. And if he would have stayed in, in Dallas, I would have two rings on my finger at least. We would have beat Miami for sure with Steve and probably another one. 
Um, but this this Brunson deal, letting him go for 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 nothing, uh, pretty much, was another mistake. And whatever their evaluation of Brunson was, he's too small, not a true point guard, doesn't fit in with uh, Jan, uh, with uh, with um, Luca. With Luca, because Luca handles the ball, and Brunson has to handle the ball. Brunson's best games in Dallas were when Luca was hurt and out, by the way. And then they played good in the playoffs. So they took that evaluation and said, we're going to let him go. And in the long run, we're going to bring in Kyrie, and we're going to let some other role players go that are killing it in New Jersey, uh, by the way. And yeah. and what do we get? We get the same guy that Brunson was, except older and not as effective, because Kyrie wants the ball, has to have the ball. Same with Lucas. So that was a huge mistake. And But those were the... In my opinion, those were the thought process that went through both those moves. And and I knew, and you know this too, Kyrie never is going to fit in with Dallas. He's an alpha player. Luca's an alpha player. He has to have the ball in his hands. Luca has to have the ball in his hands. He wants to take the last shot. Luca wants to take the last shot. He has a huge ego. Luca has a huge ego. I mean, that's not going to work. <laughs> and... and, and- and him coming in really hurt Tim Hardaway Jr. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's was, almost, he almost disappeared. To me, that was a uh, we don't see our team going anywhere past at least the first round like we did last year. So we're gonna we're gonna roll the dice and bring in Kyrie, who's a spectacular player, and see if we can go this one-two punch and and, and get to the finals. But and, and if you looked at their roster. There's no way that was really gonna work. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's keep it moving, man. We got some good ones here. Um, moving on to uh, let's see, where do we want to go here? Let's go with the Suns and the Clippers. Suns and the Clippers. That was the game of the day yesterday. I thought, uh, wow, what what a great game, uh, Suns. Uh, Clippers 5 C beat the Suns 115-110. Uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard, 38 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Just a uh, just a great game uh, down the stretch. Yeah, here's what, here's what you got to do, Ricky. You got to take the seeds out of the West. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it really does. Really it doesn't matter. The Warriors are the seventh seed, the Lakers are the eighth. It doesn't matter. Seeds, seeds in the West are, are, are bogus. They don't matter. But, you know, this is going to be a seven-game series to me. Uh, you look at the talent level that's out there. You look at the experience. Um, you know, uh, uh, Leonard had a, a spectacular game. And here, remember, if you remember for the trade deadline, remember I was telling you about some guy, a veteran guy that can score, and there's an NBA scorer called uh, Eric Gordon. Remember I told you about that? Yes, sir. And and the Clippers pulled that trigger, and he ended up with 19 last night. And that's the kind of guy you need on a roster. Westbrook, even though he only scored nine points, he had 10 rebounds and another eight assists, but made two key defensive plays, even though one was a foul at the end of the game. And then you have Zubak, who's a big average. He got 12 and 15 boards. And you know what? The Suns played pretty good now. KD had 27, Booker had 26, Aiden had 18, uh, CP3 only had seven, but he had 11 rebounds and 10 assists. So this is going to be a battle of, you know, who 
who you know plays well and hits the biggest shots at the right time. And last, last game, it was the who made the biggest defensive plays at the end of the game, uh, and that was the Clippers. Uh, and uh, you know, and, and actually, uh, you know, where's my uh, availability? So, so you know, Chris Paul's been hurt before. KD's been hurt before. Uh, 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 George is out, right? So that's going to have a play in this series in the long run. Watch. But but uh, uh, Westbrook made some great defensive and hustle plays down the stretch yesterday. But he's going to have to shoot better than three or nineteen. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> he is what he is, man. He's he's not going to become a good shooter. You just got to make. Don't. We talked about this before. Well, I'm open. I'm open. Yeah, you're open for a reason. They want you to shoot. If I'm the Suns, I'm begging him to shoot 20 shots, please. Just keep him out of pain. But uh, instead of taking that shot, drive it. Drive it. Get a foul, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And look at that picture. Those sweater things, whatever the heck they were wearing, they got to get rid of those. <laughs> they were more. Those sweaters they were wearing. On the bench, terrible. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm watching this this video here. Phoenix is going to have to do a better job rebounding uh, down the stretch too. You know, yeah, the Clippers sure. got offensive rebound after offensive rebound. That was at the end of the game. Yeah, they gave, they gave the Clippers five or six more possessions, and that will get you killed in the NBA playoffs. And they couldn't grab a rebound. And, uh, you know, Aiden's a good rebound, but he needs help in that. That's probably the reason Chris Paul had a lot of rebounds, but nobody else was rebounding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but I think this, this too, is a series where losing at home is not a big deal. I mean, you don't want to lose at home. But both of these teams are capable of, of going on the road as the late as the Clippers just demonstrated. Yep. Yeah. It's gonna be a good series. Westbrook hit two crucial free throws. That kind of put it that, that put it put him up three with seventeen seconds to go and uh I forget what happens here. Oh, the great block. And hits it hard. But one thing he does, I mean, set a blocker, set a blocker, foul. Oh, foul! Well, they didn't call it. No, but, but his no, his effort no, is always there. Saying he, hit it on the, he hit a guy in the arm. It's a foul. <laughs> but man, you're so right about Eric Gordon, and and he always looks so calm out on the court. If you you're, know, if you you're, just, you're he's around. If, if you're a team and you're let, well, making a run in the playoffs and you need some help scoring, and there's a veteran guy out there like Eric Gordon that we know he could score. He'd go for 25 next game, maybe, and he knows what he's doing. He is what he is, and you can get him on the cheap. You do it. That's a no-brainer. You do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was a good one. Uh, oh, let's get to you, but I know Steve wanted to hear about the Bucks when we first came on, Mo, and I know <laughs> that was painful as a former Buck legend to watch that last night. But uh, uh, 
Giannis went down and the, and the Bucks. I, I think it really threw them off to start. And by the time they got their feet, they were, they were kind of too far behind to, to, uh, to do anything. So they took a 130-117 loss to uh, Miami in game one of this series. The reports today is is the uh, Bucks are hopeful that Giannis will play in Game Two. <laughs> Everybody's hopeful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With, whether he's got the back for it or not, I mean, here's the problem I had. Um, you know, the the Bucks didn't play very good. You know, and and it looked like uh, Giannis went out and everybody. You know, uh, what was the final score? One thirty, one seventeen. Yeah, so it wasn't even close. And in my opinion, the Bucks have enough firepower without Giannis to beat Miami. They, they, they should. I mean, okay, take Giannis out of, out of the lineup. You got Holiday. You got Grayson Allen. You got uh, Middleton, who had a great game. You got Brooks Lopez, who needs to play better. You have Portis. You have Cognitin. You have Joe English. You got Jay Crowder. You have enough firepower to beat them without Giannis. So suck it up, act like you're not going to have him, and go win the game. And that that's what really upset me with that game. Once Giannis went down, they, like, fell apart. Come on, man. You've won without him before. You need to step up. And now with Middleton being healthy and, uh, you know, what did he have? He had, like, 29 or something, whatever he had. Middleton uh, had uh, 33 last night. Yeah, so you need to go in tomorrow and say, we're going to – we're not having Giannis isn't playing, we're just going to win the game. And then if Giannis plays, it's a bonus because, in my opinion, he will play. But the problem is, he might only be 70%. So then, where are you? You're going to have to win with, without him anyway. So, and then, uh, you know, Hero went down, broke his hand, he's out. Um, you know, he's yeah, I was, was going to ask you about that. I mean, Hero was had a, a solid game for them, he, he only got 19 minutes in. But he was uh, five and nine from the field, twelve points. Gave him a uh, good energy. He was plus thirteen for the night. What does losing him mean to the Heat? Hell, he made a shot. With, he made a three-point shot with a broken hand. He made a three-point shot with a broken hand. So he hurt his hand. They passed it to the corner while his hand had hold his hand. He caught the ball, made a three, and then went into the locker room with a broken hand. But Here's a it's a it's a it's a it's a big hit from them too, uh, but how about uh, we dial in uh, uh, Robinson, right? You paid him, uh, Duncan Robinson. You paid him hundreds of millions of dollars. It's time for him to step up. You need to throw him in a hit spot. That's where he was two years ago, right? Yeah. So he needs to go right where Hero left. Oh. Yeah, he got Duncan got six minutes last night. Uh, it will be interesting to see. Uh, what if his minutes step up? Somebody's gonna have to feel that boy. Um, uh, you're gonna gonna find out where the coach's confidence is. So, if you look at the roster, it's a no brainer. So, Hero goes out, Robinson gets 25 minutes. That's it. But so, so, how 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 does that mean? How how does that get decided? The coaches. And how I mean, they, they sit down and well, did, sit, did, did they, you lobby did, as a say for as an assistant? Would you if you had a guy? Would you lobby 
you know what? I like Duncan taking this this spot. It depends on what he's been doing for the last two months. So he hasn't been playing the games, right? Much. No, he hasn't played much. So you know what we do? You know when I talk about my day and when I work out guys before after practice? Yeah. Those are the guys I'm working out. So mm -hmm. if I go, I'm telling you guys, uh, uh, Robinson, Dunk, he's been shooting the shit out of it. He's in shape. He's ready to go. We've been running extra just for this minute. So let's give him some good minutes and see what happens. But it's up to what he's been doing and how much confidence he has. And then when you, okay, here we're, in our minds, we're going to let him play 25 minutes next game. And he goes in and he stinks it up. And I got to go find somebody else. Or he steps up and there's my guy. Forget about it. So, you know, it all depends on what's been going on. And you got to rely on your assistant coaches because the head coaches, they go up to their office and guess who's working out those guys and running them afterwards? We are. We are. You know, let's play three on three. Let's get up some extra shots. Let's get up some sprints. I have drills that you can, you shoot and you run sprints. You shoot and you run sprints. So you're ready to play when you're ready to play. Now, is he going to be rusty? Yes. Is he going to be out not in plain shape? No. But he can get through it. If he's, I mean, two years ago, he was the guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Mo, and and as uh, Ralph Rule pointed out, Tyler said Duncan's minutes. Now he gets him back. He'll get his chance. But but Mo, you you also look at that guy's attitude when you when you're working him out too, right? Sure. Is he well, going through the motions? Is he working? Well, quite frankly, he'll just tell me I'm not doing it. Okay. That's his attitude. Hey, 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 uh, let's go get some running and shooting in after this practice. Uh, got to go home. Okay. Okay. Or, that's a good idea, let's do it. And you know what, Coach? I'm going to come in early tomorrow. Let's get that in tomorrow. So now you see. Yeah. yeah. That's part of the you, whole process. And you, and you, you pass out too, right? They have no idea. They, they don't know. You know, some guy could take someone's minutes and, and perform okay, but, you know, you know, uh, like, uh, what's his name? The guy in Miami that took his minutes, what's his name? Lyle or Kyle or whatever. Uh, Tyler, uh, Tyler Hero. Yeah. No, 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 the other guy that was just mentioned. Uh, uh, Duncan Robinson? That took his minutes. Ralph said something. Yeah, Ralph was talking about how Tyler Hero's emergence. No, no, he said, he said someone else just took his minutes. Ty Tyler took Duncan's minutes. Now he gets some back. Oh, okay. But they, they have another guy that, that has been. Oh, Struce. 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 Struce made some big threes, right? But he's he's not as good as Duncan. He's not. Yeah. So we'll, we'll find out. It's going to be interesting. And you'll see this is going to play out during the game tomorrow. I, I bet I will bet Duncan Robinson is, is uh, gets heroes minutes right off the bat, and then they'll see how it goes. And at halftime, they'll make another decision. We stick with him, you know. His legs are a little heavy, but do we stick with him, or do we are we going to go with Strauss? And this circles back to the conversation we kind of had earlier about in series stuff comes up, man. Stuff happens. And the coaching decisions, everything is kind of amplified on on another level because you're only focusing on one 
one team at a time. And that, that's why they call coaches, that's why people use uh, pessimistic. We're not pessimistic, we're realistic. Because guess what? Yesterday morning, uh, if someone on that staff in Miami wasn't thinking about what if Tyler Hero gets a broken hand? What if he can't play? What do we do? You need to think about that before. Because <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> uh, a couple more games. Uh, well, first. No, go ahead. Yeah, I think, and let me say the, the Bucks Miami. They're playing in Milwaukee. Um, uh, if Giannis is 70%, Bucks win that game, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think the Bucks have won the series uh, still. Um, <clears throat> and I, I'm trying to see if I can get you an update on this. Uh, uh, Philly's up by 10, 11. Philly's up by 11 in the fourth. Okay. Philly's up by 10. Let's, uh, we got two more games to go. So I want to finish up with this, uh, uh, Lakers game. Uh, and, and we'll talk, talk a little bit about the Nuggets and Wolves. And, uh, the, the Wolves got to go back to the drawing boards. Your buddy Chris Finch is a <laughs> great coach, Mo, but, you can be a great coach, and that don't matter when you're playing against a superior team. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, plus you got to add what happened with uh, Gobert and all that stuff, and you know, uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a tough series. You know what? But you know, series change on a dime, right? Something happens. Uh, I actually texted Chris the other day because. In the playing game, I like they threw us some zone there, and it really helped them. You know, maybe they do that a little bit more against Denver uh, and see if they get the ball out of the Joker's hands. And, you know, uh, things can change. So, you know, if, if Minnesota goes in and wins that game and they're on a plane going back to Minnesota, 1-1, everything is different. The skies are blue, the sun is shining, you know. What what needs to happen for Minnesota to make this an interesting series? Anthony Towns needs to step up. Anthony Towns needs to be the superstar they need him to be. So he needs to be a 30, a 30, uh, 12, 13, and, and 8 guy. You know, and I saw the game, the playing game, uh, they were actively denying him the ball and they struggled to get him the ball at the elbow and the free throw line at the end of the game. I know in the fourth quarter of the loss, had, I think to the Lakers, uh, you know, he didn't have a shot, but still like two minutes left in the fourth quarter. So Anthony Towns has to step up and be the superstar for them to win this series. Yeah, he had 11 points, 10 rebounds, uh, five of 15, one of seven, See, that's too many threes for me for Carl Anthony Town. And he's getting stuck there because uh, uh, when Gobert's in, Gobert operates on the low block in the short corner, so there's nowhere for Towns to go. Uh, so here's what you do, Towns. Do what Joel Embiid does. Stop settling for the three. Take the ball on the dribble and get into the paint and do your little pull-up shots. Can, can, they, 
Can they play effectively during the fall? I, I think so. If they do the right thing, like I just said, for sure. And I think they got to play more zone on defense. Uh, and then you have two seven footers and they're getting rebounds on, on the zone. Um, but he, he flat out, he's got to play better. He's got to play better. He's got to get 30, 10, and 8. Or they're not going to win. And, you know, you, when you go back, like, on the airplane or whatever after a game, and I used to do this all the time, and then if we lock, I would circle our star. So if we're playing back in the days with Dallas, and we have uh, Steve Nash and Mike Finley and Dirk Kavinsky, if I look on the scores on the, in the box score, and uh, I see Dirk has 35 and 10 boards and eight assists, and, and uh, Mike Finley has 28 and, and eight boards and 10 assists, and Steve Nash has you know 14 points and three rebounds and six assists, I, we're not going to win then. We're not going to win if all three aren't doing good. We're not going to win. So I circle Steve. You know, same with with uh, with uh, the Bucks. Now here's the key, like the Bucks. So you have if Giannis is healthy, you have Giannis, you have Middleton, you have Holiday, uh, and you have Portis as four guys that can get you thirty. And you also have Lopez in there that has had thirty. So now you can circle three of those guys, you're going to win that game. Yeah. You can circle three, did their job. We're going to win that game. But if, so, if you only circle two, we're probably going to lose. So, you know, Minnesota, if you're not circling, um, uh, um, uh, what's the name's name? Yeah, you're not going to win that game because yeah. you know, you know, uh, Gobert is Gobert. Gobert is going to get twelve points, twelve to sixteen rebounds, four or five blocks. Um, you know, and. Uh, and that's what he's going to do, but he can't get you thirty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anthony Towns can get you thirty, and he he needs to. And I'm telling you, if if I'm the coach and I'm the coaching staff and I'm talking to Chris, and if not, if that's not working, then I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend we need to sit Rudy Gobert then, and figure out a different way and have Townsend in the lower post. I'm sorry. And we play Rudy Gobert 15, 20 minutes, and then we, we play without him in the corner line. Coach, we just traded everybody in the world for. The, uh, yeah, I understand that. That wasn't our call, though, Chris. That wasn't our call. That's what the general manager wanted to do. Now, do you want to win a series? Do you want to win a game in the series? Or do you want to, you know, uh, justify that trade they made? Your, your call. I'm just telling you what I think. <laughs> Tough business. And I, and I can show you on video. I can show you on video. I can yeah. break that down. I can break down game one. We can break down every possession that Gobert and Towns were in at the same time. We can break down every possession that just Gobert was in. We can break down possessions that just Towns was in. We can break down what shots Towns got when Gobert was out. Uh, and I can. I and if my theory is right, I can prove it. By watching the video, Towns 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 scored eighty percent of the shots when when uh, when Gobert was out. <laughs> wow! So I don't know that for a fact because I didn't see the video, but no, I, I, that's, that's a point. I got your point. That's a process that can be done, and uh, you know I'm also pushing, uh, Coach. We played zone ten times and we got seven stops. 
We need to throw that in more. Yes. Uh, another good game of the night was the uh, Lakers beating uh, Memphis, uh, I think, 128-112, pulled away down the stretch, looking at uh, John Morant going down with a, a wrist injury. Uh, man, those high flyers like Morant and and Zion Williamson, they 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 get out high, but you gotta land. But that's why I, I, that's why I didn't jump. Gotta land. I, I kind of like the Lakers in this series, even uh, with a fully healthy uh, Morant. I I just I just don't trust Memphis. They hadn't showed me enough uh, to go against a team with a guy like LeBron and Anthony Davis. They don't have they don't have uh, Aquaman, Steve Adams in the middle, so the middle's wide open for all the Lakers. And uh, you know that you can't if you're a team like that, you can't lose. You know, even though he's not a big scorer, he takes up space. He's a rebounder. He's a tough son of a gun. And you lose a piece like that, you know, that, and, uh, you know, they also lost, I can't remember the guy's name, one of the other high scores. Clark. Uh, yeah, you can't recuperate from that. And, uh, you, you know, the Lakers have made moves, you know, and guess who, you know, I, LeBron played okay, AD played okay, but that's not who won the game. Austin Reeves won that game. And uh, one of their other guys coming off the bench, they won that game, you know, and that's yeah. what they, in the NBA playoffs, everyone talks about the superstars, but a lot, most, a lot of the time, the uh, the role players of the team are the guys that win series. And you ask Charles Barkley that, and you know, because pretty much your your superstars are going to do what they do, right? And the role players got to step up. That's why the the, the philosophy is, uh, you know, your role players in a playoff series play better at home than they do on the road. That's the that's the thought process, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't true for the Lakers last night. But the role players stepped up and and put on a show. Uh, I, uh, I am that guy. I am that guy. <laughs> yeah, the the awesome duo of uh, of Austin Reeves and and Hachimura. That's that's right. Not not LeBron and 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 AD. They were able to. Uh, to coast uh, last night. Was it, uh, I don't have the stats in front of me. Do you have what LeBron did and what AD did? LeBron had 21 and 11. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, I got it here. Uh, let's see. And, uh, they, had, they had four guys with, with 24 and some more. LeBron right. has 21 points, 11 rebounds, five assists. Anthony Davis, 22 points, 12 rebounds, three assists. Reeves, 23 points. Hachimura, uh, 29 points. And quietly, uh, D'Angelo Russell was 19 points and seven assists. He, he has been in a big upgrade over Westbrook, hasn't he, uh, Mo? Oh yeah, and that's that, and that's you know. So now, if you're in their locker room, you know, and, and you're LeBron and AD, you're thinking, you know what? We had an okay game, but now 
guess what? If we step up, you know, and these guys are still with us, no problem, man. We have no problems now. So that's another process that's going on. And not even think about it if uh, Miranda's hurt. But um, by the way, the uh, Philly won by 12. Um, so chalk that up as Coach Mo prediction. Yeah. Yeah, they they uh, made halftime adjustment. They were down by six and that, and, and Mo and the injuries, because now you got uh, uh, Xavier Tillman is your starter instead of coming off the bench for the Grizzlies. That affects and, everybody. Like not only that 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 sub has to be a starter, someone else has to be a sub, right? And that right. guy hasn't played for a while, probably. So it's a chain reaction, dominoes. Right. And, and and Jaron Jackson, I, I thought he played great there. Now he was 31 points, and uh, he had 31 points, and uh, but only five rebounds. They, they're going to need him to uh, uh, rebound better, and he's really the only big they got to deal with uh, with uh, Anthony Davis down there. Uh, and, and Hachimura had had uh, six rebounds. It's it's a bad matchup, I think, for them. And 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 that, I, again, I go back to experience and maturity too, uh, Paul. Yeah, I mean, and uh, the Lakers are smart enough. I think they've been there enough because they need to get this series over fast. Like they they need to sweep them or get it in five for two reasons. Number one, the rest, because they're going to play the winner of Sacramento Golden State. I think it's going to be Golden State. And also, so Anthony Davis doesn't fall and break his ankle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it, they thought he hurt himself yesterday. Yeah, I mean. And, so, and he came back and. and uh, so and, here, in a seven-game yeah. series, you want to get off the court with the win as fast as you can, and you want to get out of the series as fast as you can and get on to the next series. <laughs> so that if I'm the Lakers and if I'm LeBron, you've been there before. Listen, guys, we need to we need to we need to put it. You know, we need to crush them tomorrow. Put it in and go home and take care of business, so we can get ready for whoever's next. Paul, oh, what what is it that Russell is doing that Westbrook just couldn't do? So who's doing that? That uh, oh. Russell. Well, I, I think he, he has a I, – th I think he has a – he makes better decisions, has a better basketball mind, can shoot a little bit better, um, you know, and he's he's not as stubborn of driving in and, and trying to make something happen. So – and I guess maybe he's not as sensitive. I mean, Westbrook is so sensitive. <laughs> yeah. You can't call me Westbrook. Who cares what they call you? Just play. <laughs> Yeah, but and, and, but you know, uh, he, he's in a different situation in the Clipperland. That's going to be interesting because he's trying to prove it, and uh, maybe he found a home. <laughs> yeah, but I, but, I tell you. but if you look at look at the Clippers roster though, they got a great roster. They got a great roster, but they don't have a point guard. So, so getting Westbrook with a team that doesn't have a point guard makes sense, right? I'm trying to find their 
their roster. Uh, I'll get it for you. Clippers. Clippers last night. Uh, Westbrook was their point. Then they, they go to uh, Terrence Mann off the bench, and uh, he's not he's not really a point though. Nope, he's a two. Yeah, he's six five. He's a. Uh, they have. Uh, no, you're right. They 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 really don't pile. They have. They have Paul George, who's hurt. Kawhi Leonard. Norman Powell is a forward. Zubox a big. Marcus Morris is a is a. Bones Highland. Who? Bones Highland, uh, from a rookie from VCU, would be their next. Yeah. So that's my. He's a rookie. Yeah, that's my point. They don't have a point guard. So getting Westbrook makes sense for them. He's a point guard. So he's not. He's not taking the ball away from whoever, whoever. He's a point guard. Now it'll be interesting uh, because um, uh, Paul George handles the ball a lot when he plays. So when he gets back, who's going to handle the ball now? You know, Kawhi likes to handle it, and Paul George likes to handle it. You know, right now you have Westbrook that handles it, and um, uh, Leonard, two guys. Now you're going to add a third to that. And, and you know who played well for them, and and he will continue to do that. I I, I have so much appreciation for this guy now. Having watched him play a whole year, is a uh, Mason Plumley. Yesterday he had seven points, eleven rebounds, and uh, in in seventeen minutes, in twenty, he had seventeen minutes, seven points, eleven rebounds, two assists. Three or three from the field. It is only free throw in 17 minutes. That guy, he will not hurt you when he gets in the game. He's a big body. He knows how to play. So let's see. So the Clippers had a good roster in that training deadline. What did they do? They added Eric Gordon, a scorer, and they added Plumley, a big. Perfect. That's that's really good general manager. Really good decision to add those two players to your roster at the right time. Perfect. Yeah. 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 So, well, well, we'll see, man. Hey, Mo, we went a little bit over, but hey, it's just so much to talk about. Uh, yep. We love the game, man. And now, yeah, man. now uh, we're going to see uh, Golden State play Saturday. It's going to be interesting. Yes, sir. Hey, and Golden State. You like Golden State tonight? I like Golden State. Yep. Okay, and, and we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you for all your comments. Uh, Bishop uh, Marcus Mooney, thank you for checking in with us, sir. We appreciate you. Thank you, Marcus. Uh, out there uh, for checking in. You can get this show on Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, uh, or any place where you get your podcast. But until next time, for Big Mo, Paul Mokeski, I'm Rick Hampton. Peace, everybody. Enjoy the playoffs. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.